0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Are you waiting for something to manifest in your life? Perhaps you're standing and waiting for a healing to come, a particular need that you have before the Lord you want Him to meet. You just want to get there. I'm gonna tell you something. God is more interested in the trip than He is in the destination. We're gonna talk about what will take you to the end. Today, we're gonna be discussing patience, one of the
1: attributes that God wants you to grow in. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian.
0: Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. I want you to find Galatians chapter six. We're gonna take a look at verse nine. While you're finding that, I simply wanna tell you today, we're gonna be talking about the subject of patience. Probably one of the most key things in the Christian life. In fact, Paul said in Hebrews, you have need of patience and after you've done the will of God that you'll become successful And I'm simply telling you this, one of the key things is missing in so many Christians' life is just getting frustrated, you know, with the length of time it takes when you pray and and see an answer or just the length of time in your own growth or the exasperations you face in your life when you think you should be further down the road spiritually than you are now. And so this is what we'll be doing. I have a series on this is gonna be offered on a flash drive called the heroes of faith. This is taken from the book of Hebrews chapter 11. If you even want to later on, after you've done this, order the book on Hebrews, it'll be a great blessing. You can kind of see the progress of the book itself. And so again, welcome today. And I want to welcome all of you who might be starting for the first time. This is your first time to hear this broadcast. Welcome, got a great group of people around us. Welcome to the family, glad that you're here. I want to speak to those who've been watching for some time. Thank you for being faithful to watch, but also those who are my partners, faithful to pray and faithful to give. This is made possible because God has called me, he's anointed me, put me into this ministry. I'm called to be a teacher, but I can tell you this, it's not just God alone that makes this successful. It's the people that stand with me. God works through people. And thank you for those who have been steadfastly faithful with me to keep following the word of God with me Thank you again. So if you want to become a partner with me, go to my website, BobYandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. And I want to welcome you to that other part of the family, those faithful, dedicated people that want to see this message go out even further. Thank you again. And you can join them also. Galatians chapter six and verse nine tells us, here, Paul is speaking to them, but also to us. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we don't faint. By the time that people read that say, yeah, but when's my due season going to come? In due season. What this verse is saying is due season. There's a certain due season for faith and faith to grow and faith to become manifest and for you to grow in the Christian life. But you look around, you not all trees, you know, uh, due season is the same for all. The apples don't come out the same time that oranges do. And Strawberries and blueberries and things like that come out at their particular time. Everything has a due season. And we have to look at that in the Christian life. And your due season may not be my due season. I'm like a separate tree from you. But the point of it is just hang in there. Seasons are coming. As surely as you're in the midst of winter and you don't like it and you have snow and you have cold and everything's brown and, and looks like it's all dead, sure enough, spring's going to come. Sure enough, blossoms are going to come out. But even after that, it's, that tree's going to reach uh, its fullness in the summertime. Your spring your summer is coming, just don't grow weary. And I want you to notice what it says here. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Notice what it doesn't say, not to grow weary in sinning. No, it says don't grow weary in doing what's right. It's possible just to get tired of doing the right thing every single day and say to yourself, when's this thing ever gonna come to pass? When's God gonna speak to me? When's God gonna show me? When's God gonna open up the door I've been waiting for? So again, in this verse, growing weary is not attached to sinning, but to doing good. The issue in this verse of scripture is simply a lack of patience. Just hang in there. You know, most of the trees that you see around you, even apple tree, whatever, you plant the thing, and it goes for years just looking like a tree, and you wonder if it's ever gonna produce apples, and then it finally does. In your life, you begin to produce leaves, you begin to show signs of life, and then the day of uh, fruit will come. In fact, we're told in, in chapter 15 of John that production of fruit is an indicator of maturity, an indicator of being a disciple of the Lord Jesus. And again, this verse is simply saying, what you lack in your life is patience. Even in well-doing, you can become weary, but just keep hanging in there. Keep putting one foot in front of another Getting up every day, doing what's right, because why? The Bible talks about this. It's the one that keeps taking steps. I call this the plotter. You just keep taking one step after another. Some days it seems like you're taking a step backwards, but eventually, again, you find yourself progressing. And in this verse of scripture, the sin which does so easily beset, we're talking about that. That will come up in Hebrews chapter 11. And also chapter 12, the sin that does so easily be said is just giving up, fainting after the fact that you become weary and tired and you throw away your patience and you end up just giving up. God does not want you to give up. The answer to keep from fainting is patience. If you throw away your patience, guess what? You're going to faint. You're just going to give up. And how sad it is. You know, I heard a story one time. There was a, a you know, this this man went and, and bought a gold mine in Nevada and heard about there was a gold mine there. In fact, found himself an, a, a, a map that was almost guaranteed. They said, this guy that had this map, he died long before he ever really got to the gold. And so, and so this man decided, and he sold everything, went into this thing and sold everything. And he began to dig for gold. And he dug and dug and dug and dug. It lasted for so long. And he finally got so tired He just gave up. In fact, just gave the map to somebody else. He said, I've lost money in this thing. I've lost part of my life in this thing. He said, I just, you you want it, you can have it. The guy said, well, thanks. So the guy went out and started digging. And within a week, he hit the goal. This guy that quit was one week away from finding gold. How close are you to hitting that vein of gold under the ground? How close are you to seeing the reaping day coming from from your life? It just, listen, if that first guy that had that map would have just been patient enough to wait another week, maybe another two weeks, he would have hit that thing and become mega wealthy. And oh, was the extra uh, effort worth it at that time? Let me give you some examples in the Bible of those who did not faint. We have Joseph he did not faint in the bis- in the biggest of trials. In Egypt, he was placed in Potiphar's house after being sold out by his brothers. We know the whole story, but you know what? He didn't faint. In fact, probably next to Jesus, Joseph is seeing the word of God as a man that was closest to the Lord Jesus Christ, going through trials, even thrown in prison, even thrown in a dungeon, and God brought him out of there. Joseph didn't give up. We don't find anything written about Joseph at all that he said he might have, but the Bible doesn't seem to record it. David After the cave of Adullam, he came out of the cave of Adullam and he began to walk with God better than ever. And he grew stronger. I'm not saying he didn't faint after that, but here's the point. Even when David fainted, he got back up. Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, before he was to be crucified, came the closest to giving up where he said, father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus on the cross could have called for thousands of angels to come and deliver him, but he did not. He stuck all the way through it. In fact, the Bible tells us that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You know what the joy was that was set before him? It's you and me. We were the joy set before. The reason why Jesus stayed on the cross, the reason why Jesus went to the cross was he looked ahead in time and saw because of his death on the cross, many would come to see him. In fact, if he just saw you, he was dying just for you. So again, Jesus in the garden. Let me give you an example those of some who did faint. Moses fainted after 40 years in the wilderness, with the children of Israel, I mean, it finally got down to the end. They stood there at Meribah in front of that rock. And the Lord said, speak to the rock. And Moses struck it twice in anger. He said, here now, you rebels, must we get water out of this rock for you? God didn't say, speak to the people and chew them out. He said, speak to the rock, a type of Jesus, the water would come out, and Moses disobeyed God. But you know what? After 40 years, he had finally had it up to here. I'm not even sure I could have lasted 40 years with that. You know, I've had congregation, had a congregation for 33 years, and there's times i that I just ready to throw in the towel with it, but I stuck with it and kept on going. And the beauty of it is, I see the fruit of it today. But Moses, after 40 years, and it even tells us in the book of Hebrews, they always gripe, they always complain, and finally, Moses didn't get to go in the promised land. all. Oh, he's in heaven. He came to see Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration along with Elijah. But again, he's in heaven, but he did miss going into the promised land because of his sin. And what happened was he wasn't patient. Elijah was the same way, in a cave, giving up, throwing up his hands, throwing in the towel. Lord, I'm the only one serving you. And God kept telling him, come on, get up. No, no, no. I'm the only one serving you. Everyone hates you. I'm the only one that loves you. I'm the only one serving you. And finally, God said, Elijah, there's 7,000 out there that haven't bowed their knee that you have no idea of. David, when he ran from Saul and finally ended up in the cave of Adullam, he was running because he gave up. The pressure was just too great. Even John the Baptist, Baptist gave up, was in prison, down, despondent, and, and even questioned when the disciples came and stuck their face, you know, in the prison bars outside, probably through the window, and he could talk to them. He said, are we sure this is the right guy here? John introduced him, saw heaven open, saw the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus, baptized him in water as the Messiah, and yet he's the one that gave up. And in prison, gave up. And of course, he was later on beheaded. Let's talk in the Word of God, of course, about becoming discouraged. There tells us a time when we want to give up under pressure. Pressure comes from people. Pressure comes from Satan. Pressure comes from circumstances. Pressure also comes from time where it seems like things aren't working and we have all been there. But thank God, if you look back on your life, you can remember those times when you wanted to give up, you didn't. You became discouraged, but you didn't give up. And it seems like we can look at the point, it seems even God has let us down. And oftentimes we even become offended at God but God will forgive it if you'll ask him to. In other words, there may be times of discouragement and a time you want to give up. In fact, maybe you have given up, but listen, wake up and realize something. I didn't need to give up. God will bring me through. So you can repent, get back on the track, get back on the proper road and keep on going with God. This is what God is speaking to us about. Let's take to Hebrews chapter 12. Turn there for just a moment because I want to talk to you also. And here, this is talking about after the heroes of faith in chapter 11. And remember again, this the offer we're offering to you, the heroes of faith. Some gave up, some did not. But the reason why that they are listed as the heroes of faith is when they were tempted and tried and some even failed, yet they got back up. Hebrews chapter 12, let's begin in verse one. And this says, therefore we also... Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The sin that does so easily ensnare or beset us is discouragement, fainting, becoming bitter, giving up. In other words, throwing in the towel and not operating in patience. The answer to this verse of scripture is to continue running in patience. This is what God is looking for. Get back in the race, keep on running. And this time, instead of looking for the answer every four or five steps, realize something, I will get there. I'm just gonna keep on running. I think the best thing you can come to in the Christian life is realize something. If I don't get there today, okay. If I don't get there tomorrow, okay. If I don't get there this week, fine. If I don't get there for another year, fine. If it takes five years to get to where I'm headed to, uh, it's all right, I'm not gonna give up. I'm just gonna keep on running. That is the answer God has been looking for. God is more interested in the trip than he is in the destination. We're interested in the destination. If you're praying for a healing, you wake up every day, go, where's the healing? Where's the healing? And you begin to gripe and complain, and what God is saying is Trust me, I said in my word that if you would believe me, you would be healed. But in the meantime, what do you need? You need patience to take you from here to there. Stand in faith, stand in confidence. I will bring you through. When we come back, we're gonna start with verse two and continue on here with
1: Hebrews chapter 12,
0: learning about operating in the patience of God.
1: Faith without corresponding action is useless and dead. When a believer walks in faith with actions corresponding to their faith, They affect the world for God. What each of us does with our faith will affect future generations. Hebrews 11 describes the faith of some of God's heroes of faith and how they impacted future generations, even up to our own. In these 15 messages from Hebrews, Pastor Bob Yandian will encourage and inspire you to become one of God's heroes of faith. This USB flash drive can be used with computers, MP3 players, smartphones, and tablets, as well as car stereos equipped with USB connections. To order The Heroes of Faith, go to bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on partnership.
0: Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12 and let's take a look at verse 1 again, which says, therefore we also, why does it say we also? Because therefore ties in chapter 11 to chapter 12. Therefore always ties a thought in with a conclusion. Chapter 11 was the thought, all the heroes of faith. Now we're concluding this, we also. It's tying us in the New Testament to those in the Old Testament tell us we have something in common with every one of those heroes back there. We are all have a tendency to want to throw in the towel and give up and notice what it says. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's the Old Testament heroes, by faith, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Moses, Uh, all the way down throughout the uh, chapter 11, listing the heroes of faith, it says, now we also. So you can add there Bob, you can add in there Mary, you can add in there Bill, whatever your name is, stick it in there and say, therefore, Bob also, since I am surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. This verse is simply saying they all ran their race down here on earth. They finished their race, and now they're sitting in the grandstands and they're cheering us on. And they're simply telling us, you may live in the New Testament, but you know what? The problems are still the same. The three areas of temptation and the areas to sin in this in the world around you is the world system, Satan, and your own flesh. That's the three areas that can cause you to sin and quit listening to them. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ ahead of you. Keep your eyes on the Word of God. Keep your eyes on the promises of God. And this verse tells us to lay aside every weight. That means everything in your life that slows you down, start putting it off. I like to think of it this way. The further you go with God, the less options you have. In other words, when you first got born again, oh, you'd start running with God, but then you begin to find out there were certain things in your life that were sins, so you start laying those aside. But this doesn't say lay aside sins, it says every weight. A weight may be something that's acceptable, but it occupies way too much of your time. Nothing wrong with TV, but how much time does it take out of your life? Nothing wrong with reading good magazines, but how much time do you spend reading magazines? In other words, there comes a time to start laying those things aside a little at a time, and one day you find out Guess what? I can do without it and my life is more joyous and more fulfilled today than it's ever been. It goes on to say, lay aside every weight and the sin. This is, there's a particular sin. He's not talking about laying aside sins. It says, and the sin, which does so easily ensnare you. And this is discouragement, getting discouraged and finally throwing in the towel, giving up and doing away with patience. Because it says at the end of that verse, let us run with patience, the race that is set before us. Look to verse two. How do we remain in patience? Keeping your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. All those ones I mentioned in the Bible that did not fail and all those that did fail, those that were giving up in discouragement, those that did not give up in discouragement, it still comes back to this. The greatest one to look to is Jesus Christ himself. Even if you find a hero in the Bible like Paul that said, listen, I can't think of a sin I ever committed, yet I was the chief of all sinners. He said, I never committed a sin, yet the, my sin was rejection of Jesus. Listen, as great as Paul might have been and in the Old Testament, as great as the, the, the ones back there were, and uh, that, that, that seemingly never failed, such as Joseph, look at Jesus The author and finisher, what he begins, he ends. The author and the finisher of our faith. We get in there, Alpha and Omega. He has begun a good work, will complete it. Jesus is the only one throughout the word of God that what he began, he actually completed Many died before the completion of their ministries or just, or the before the finishing of what God called them to do. Abraham never saw all the promises come to pass, but Jesus is the one that even if there's things that haven't been finished, guaranteed in the word of God, he will finish what he begins, what he authored, he will complete. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You are the joy that was set before him." Why, that's why he endured the cross. Why did he have patience? Because he saw your face. In other words, if you want to keep your faith and you want to operate in patience, keep a goal in front of your eyes. And that goal is to be like Jesus. See yourself crossing the finish line, but keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the successful people, not the unsuccessful people. Or if you look at a person that wasn't successful, did they get back in line with God's word and keep on going? Despising the shame Jesus and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So keeping our eyes on Jesus is the key to patience. Jesus never gave up under the greatest pressure. And again, like I said, the joy that was set before Jesus was your face. Our joy should be others. Why do we keep doing this? Because with our eyes, we see friends being saved. We see people becoming disciples. We see the gospel being spread. We see the faces of those in front of us and realize something. Their uh, goal is, for me is to see them saved, filled with the Spirit, become a disciple. And that's even greater than my personal fulfillment here in life putting to others, and actually as it says in the book of Philippians, esteeming others better than yourself, our joy is others as Jesus was. Jesus diminished himself and lifted us up and we became the goal set before him to redeem us. Ours should be the same. We should lift up others and see them even better than us at the moment and realize I'm going through this right now. I may not like it, but it's for the good of other people. The gospel will be spread. My friends will be saved. Other things are gonna happen as I submit to God's will mature in him and learn operate in patience. Our joy is others to see them saved and come to a maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse three, for consider him. This verse is telling us what to set our eyes on. Consider him, don't just look at him, think about him. Consider him, watch his life. What did Jesus do? He endured such hostility of sinners against himself. Think about that. He went through much worse temptations, much more trials, hardships you'll never even imagine. You're not gonna be put on a cross. He was, not only was he put on a cross, he had to die for the sins of the world. He had to die spiritually on the cross, bear the sins of the entire world, past, present, and future. No wonder he cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You will never have a time in your Christian life where God will forsake you. He will always be there. So Jesus went further out than you'll ever go, and yet he withstood it, so can you. Consider him who endured such hostility of sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Jesus is our greatest example to follow. Giving up, fainting is a result of mental fatigue. Our problems with others, sinners or saints, is temporary, and guess what? We're gonna get through it, so just don't give up. Verse 4 goes on to say, you have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. Why is that in there? Because Jesus did. Jesus resisted all the way down and finally ended up in bloodshed. It simply says, you resist the temptation to throw in the towel. You resist the temptation to give up. And we will not die as Jesus did. Jesus resisted giving up all the way to the cross. And because of that, he died for us was made alive for us, rose from the dead for us, and brought us eternal life. In other words, the goal on the other side is great. All I'm telling you is hang in there. When you see the rewards of what you have been patient about, you'll give much rejoicing to God. And on that day, you'll be so thankful. You got up every day and kept putting one foot in front of another. You kept plodding into life and came out successful on the other side. Verse five says, have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto sons? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. This is a quote from the book of Proverbs. And what this is saying is, listen, if you get, you know, discouraged and give up, God's probably going to discipline you. But what's the purpose of to get you back on track? And so a great way not to be disciplined is just keep operating in patience. It doesn't say life is easy. My children found out life wasn't easy. And when they gave up, I would come and I'd tell them, I would scold them. In love, I would scold them. And this is what God does. I wanted them to get back up and keep on going. Oh yeah, you quit today, but let tomorrow be a time of getting back on the track. And even though it seems like it's difficult, you want to throw in the towel, thank God, God is with you the entire time. So don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Listen to him, listen to his word, and learn. Don't feel sorry for yourself and have a pity party. Because why? Verse 6, whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. I'm simply telling you this. There's no one out there except for Jesus, and maybe Joseph of the Old Testament, a type of Jesus, but there's no in the word of God who ever didn't miss it at all, except for Jesus And this verse is saying saying in verse six, whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son. We can add daughter in there too, whom he receives. So this verse is simply saying, there is not nor ever has been a servant of God who didn't miss it and didn't have to be disciplined by God. God always chastens out of love. And the reason why he does it is, it's for our maturing. This is what the word of God says. Uh, God disciplines us with his word. He doesn't discipline us with evil or sickness. In fact, listen to this, all scripture is given by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Those three things are mentioned, and oftentimes you say, well, you know, this sickness might be a discipline from God. You wouldn't do that to your child. No, but the first thing you do is you begin to reprimand them with your words. You may later on spank them. And listen, if the Lord spanks you, it's not gonna be with some big piece of wood or knocking you down. It's gonna be with the word of God. This is how he does it. For doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God might be mature thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And this verse is saying, listen, if you even you're going through chastening from the Lord, just keep on doing it. Keep, listen, allow it to change your life. Think of what you're going through. Listen to the instruction of the Lord. How often have you done something wrong? Come to church the next Sunday and pastor preaches right at you. It seemed like he singled you out out of the entire congregation. And verse seven goes on to say, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons and daughters. For what son or daughter is there whom the Lord, the Father on earth and the Father in heaven does not chasten? If you come through chastening, God deals with you as an adult and not with a ch- as a child. When he starts chasing you, it's as a child. But what God wants is for you to wake up in that whole thing, come back to being grown up and realize nothing in the Christian life comes overnight. Maybe once in a while in the beginning of my Christian life seems like things came overnight, but the more I grow with God, it simply comes down to God wants me to develop patience more than just receive my healing. He wants me to develop in patience more than just receive the money I'm waiting for. Walk in patience more than any of the natural needs I have around me. Because again, we often want to come to the end. We are looking for the uh, destination. God's looking for the trip. He wants us to grow up. Every child of God has been corrected and God is not mistreating you. Verse 8 says, but if you're without chastening, of which all have become partakers, you're illegitimate. You don't have, you're not sons of God. He's simply saying, if you look back on your life and think, I've never been chastened by God, maybe you truly haven't been born again. Because really, honestly, this is verse is saying it, he does it so that we will grow up. And finally, in verse nine, "'Furthermore, we've had fathers of our flesh. You corrected us. We paid them respect. Shall we not much more be in subjection to the father of spirits and live?' Our earthly fathers spanked our flesh, but our heavenly father disciplines us in our inward man, our heart, through the Holy Spirit." All these verses are simply saying is, listen, if you want to develop in patience, just keep going. If you get off the track, get back up and get back in the race. The longer you hang out there, you're going to face the discipline of God, but God wants to move you back to the right area. Everything God does, even in discipline, is for your good to bring you back into the
1: middle of God's will. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast.